Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Ruth rocked her hips against him, but he must have been too distracted to notice. Or at least, that was what she thought, until she felt fur come prickling against her. She gasped as his tail took liberties with her, dragging leisurely up her slit for no reason she could see other than to pleasure her. She knew she couldn't be reacting this way to a tail, but God help her, she was. She couldn't help it, and ground against Gron again to encourage him to do more. He looked down at her then, as if realizing he'd been rumbled, and went back to kissing her. One hand still on her breast, his tail flicking ruthlessly against her clit and making her writhe. He was a quick study, all right, only needing to be shown something once before he was on it like a pro. Neil, yeah. Neil, Neil. Yes. That is very tail-filled. A tail as old as time. <laughs> Look. Oh, I can't wait to hear the tale of the tale. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what we should do, Neil? What should we do, Claire? A podcast. Yeah, I enjoy those. Okay, let's do this one. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. We sure do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. So many spoilers. So if you don't mind spoilers, hang out. Come on this journey with us. If you don't like spoilers, pause. Just go read the book and then come back and you will have opinions that you can scream at us while we scream our opinions back at you. I think that's an excellent, excellent thing you can do. <laughs> I mean, what you can also do is you can go to, over to our Patreon. Uh-huh. And you can talk with us there. There's all pl- kinds of places you can comment, send messages, mm-hmm. and you can tell us all about your thoughts and feelings there, too. And give us your money. And give us your money. <laughs> if you feel so inclined, we would feel very gracious if you did. But we've got our Patreon up. Neil, do you remember that address? Uh, patreon.com slash fmklitpod yay I passed the test (laughs) (laughs) so we have all kinds of great stuff for you we have extended episodes we have bonus episodes it's great so go there but if you're not on our patreon and you're just listening to this for free we do still love you just not as much oh of course as much (laughs) there's still lots of love it is bountiful. No, no, we still love them. And, you know, they won't know otherwise because they're not listening to the to the Patreon episodes. They, they, they won't know what we say about them in the extended Patreon episodes. Bum, bum. So come and listen to what we're saying about you. <laughs> <laughs> but since let's get into it, Claire... I picked some books. You sure did. <laughs> you, picked, you picked these. I did. There's no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to believe that. But this time around, we read Planet Glesserus, Alien Lovers 1, Siren Publishing Menage Everlasting Man Love by Olivia Black, and 
Ruth's Bonded, the Gandry book one by V.C. Lancaster. We sure did. And the theme was aliens. Aliens and humans. Intergalactic interspecies love. Ling. Because we are inclusive. Good. Girl. 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 (laughs) But first, Neil. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? Well, it is funny you should ask that, Claire, because just earlier today, I was tootling about on this little thing called the internet, and my eye was caught by an article uh, headline. Apparently the Brontes all died young because they spent their lives drinking graveyard water, Ah. is the title of this article. (laughs) And it goes on to posit that the town in which they lived had an unusually high mortality rate. And someone at the time in the late 1800s was like, that's unusual, and looked into it. And apparently, one, there weren't enough privies and there was not proper drainage. Um, And here's a quote from um, Benjamin Herschel Babbage in 1850 did an investigation and found, quote, two of the privies used by a dozen families each are in the public street, not only within view of the houses, but exposed to the gaze of passers-by, whilst a third, as though even such a situation were too private, is perched upon an eminence, commanding the whole length of the main street. So the privies were not well uh, drained, and also everybody watched to use them, and then also there was a graveyard that was not very well planned or uh, appropriately oxygenated. If you run a graveyard, you know exactly what that means. I do not. Um, But apparently some of the decaying corpses got into the drinking water. Yeah, so when I first read that, I was like, oh, that might have been a thing because I know there was a t- there was a time that people ate mummies and they're like, look how cool this is. Look how fashionable this is. It's medicine. So I bet somebody was like, oh, yeah, drink dead people water. No, unbeknownst to everyone, they were drinking graveyard water. And that is a possible cause of why they died so young. Good Lord. <laughs> so the writer of this article was like, well, this is in some ways still very romantic that these brilliant novelists all died so young i'll take plumbing thank you (laughs) well romance in the in the original sort of way to think about it and i think you know this too like romance isn't actually about love Mm -hmm. it's about like the full emotion Mm -hmm. of life and the realization of it and like the embrace of death Mm -hmm. so romance is very much about the embrace of mm-hmm. those things that are dark and like we say dark romance, but originally romance meant all the, that's dark like just things. saying romance, romance, Claire. <laughs> so yeah, dude, drinking your cemetery water, very romantic, very you know? romantic. But if you want to live past, I don't know, 26. Yeah. Uh, according to this article, which um, is on, on literary hub by written by Emily Temple. And according to um, their research, the average uh, the average age of death in this town at the time was twenty five. Jesus. Yeah. So things were amiss in this little village. 
Hayworth. The small town of Hayworth. Gross. Yep. So if you want to be romantic, drink cemetery water. If you want to stay alive, don't. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Claire? What's got you hot and bothered? Twitter gossip. Twitter oh, gossip. Tell me. Tell me it all. Okay, so every once in a while I take a pink uh, peek into a uh, romance Twitterverse. Mm-hmm. And this week everybody was all a Twitter about <laughs> about book covers. So okay. this was a very funny thing. I'm not going to point direct I'm not gonna say the authors or the artist on in this particular talk. I will link to a whole bunch of stuff in it, you know down below so, so you you're can... letting somebody else say it no well yes but mostly because the authors actually don't want to talk about this anymore <laughs> so a book cover artist went on twitter and on her instagram and was like this other book cover artist just straight up stole my artwork and oh. she put them side by side and so in hers it's this very um illustrative really kind of cool sort of look two people on a beach there's this one woman her hair is flying in the wind she's got brown hair and her hands are up on the man's chest like ooh, and he looks super cute and he's tall and looking down at her um and they're outside somewhere the wind is blowing and she's in a red bathing suit um she was pointing to this other book cover where this couple is outside uh this woman with brown hair her her hair is flowing in the wind and she's got her hands up on the man's chest and he's looking down at her mm-hmm. and um in this one she's got tattoos on her arm in the the original quote unquote original one he has tattoos on his arm and they're outside somewhere but there's like cherry blossoms kind mm-hmm. of blowing around whereas they're on a beach in the first one and the second one has like sort of a red like backgroundish color so it's like red mm-hmm. all over so what this artist was pointing to was that they they were in the exact same pose and that they both were outside and um they had a pop of red i has that first artist ever seen the cover of a romance novel before and that is what everybody asked her. <laughs> <laughs> everybody ah! was like are you motherfucking kidding me that's like okay so i did a i did the cover art for a book about pirates and somebody stole it because my cover has the front of the ship with waves splashing that's an original thought i had no. yes and that is pretty much exactly what she was saying she oh, was like no. i worked super hard on this i i drew from a lot of different inspirations and this person just straight up took it and like these two books covers for she's correct the body poses are the same sure which i'm sorry people can only be posed romantically in so many ways right (laughs) but also i'll find 50 other covers where they're in the exact same pose but neil you and i used to send reference poses to artists to create artwork Mm -hmm. and we'd have to find romantic configurations for people to be standing in there's five yeah yeah <laughs> well, yep. at maybe 10 at most like, if you were lucky you got to throw in a cute animal sidekick for some of them just to just to try just and make it different shake that shit up yeah um, and also yeah that's how they are on any book cover so everybody was like oh, 
don't tell this artist, but she stole it too. And it was like from 80 years ago. There was another one from like 50 years ago. There's another one from like the 80s. There's another one from the 90s because like that's everybody. And they're like, a pop of red? No. And everybody was just like showing like people with pops of mm-hmm. red or tattoos or something. I also and appreciate it- that when you got to the 80s, you stopped doing the math and yeah. just said 80s and 90s. I very much appreciate that. You're welcome. So, yeah, no, it was insane. And it it made no sense. And a lot of people pointed that out. And then it looks like her author called her and was like, are you kidding me? Take that down. Oh, no. Uh, That is not appropriate. Uh, That was not an original thought you had. And this other author and that artist did nothing to you. Like, that's this is not an okay thing that you have done. And it's so not okay. I'm going to change the book cover. Oh, no. So, so that artist was fired. Um, and it uh. looked like they had a run together. Like they were doing art together oh, for no. her books. And I think these are all digital imprints yeah. for the most part. Like you can order them and then it's printed at the moment. But like these are digital covers for the most part. So it was just like. But they had a run together and they had built this relationship. And she's like, Mm-mm, that's the end of that. And that uh, that author was like, uh, look, this thing happened. It was very uncomfortable. We're not going to talk about it. I've changed artists. Like that was the end of the relationship for her. The other artist is like, I'm not talking about it. Do not ask me questions. Oh, my God. Uh, and like the other like author, because, of course, the other author's name is also on that. And she's just like, mm out of it out of it not do not like <laughs> so it's like there this is a four person drama where three people are like eek <laughs> uh. and so then the original poster took hers down and she wrote an apology and she's the one that was said like I'm not working with that author anymore you know like she doesn't agree like lots of people didn't agree but then she kind of indicated that she still thinks that her artwork was stolen. Okay. Ooh. Have fun with that. Anyway, everybody who reads romance is like, I'm sorry, no, all romance covers are the same. But mm-hmm. then a writer of color pointed out that while he appreciated that this artist of color wanted to make sure that the characters looked great they're white characters in the book mm-hmm. and she made them look Asian or of color on the book cover mm-hmm. and they are not in the book. Mm. And a lot of like, and a lot of, you know, artists of color were like, ah, that's not okay. I mean, we all want more yeah. <laughs> romance with people of color in it, but you actually can't just like slap some people on the cover and call it good. And he was saying this about the first artist? Yeah. Oh. So the drama got more. But anyway, that's what's happening in romance, Twitter. I, I kind of want that on a mug. The drama got more. The drama got more. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Ooh. I mean, this is what happens when you tell on yourself. Yeah. You're opening a Pandora's box and you're letting other people tell on you too. Poor thing. I know. I feel bad for her. Like, she was obviously having, like, a really rough time. Yeah. And that this did not help, of course. But then a podcaster saw it, and she told it on her podcast. So, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
I mean, it was public to begin with, so that's where we are. Should we talk about some books? Oh, I cannot wait to talk about these books. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth's Bonded, The Gandry Book One by V.C. Lancaster. When Ruth finds herself abducted and thrown into a cell with a big, scary alien, naturally she's terrified. At first. But when she's forced to get along with her furry-tailed cellmate and her clothes get stolen, things slowly start to change between them. After they escape onto an unknown alien planet, they're finally free to explore their feelings and each other. But can they survive with only each other to rely on and no way of communicating? Gran is from a matriarchal society where the males obey their queens, so when a beautiful but strange female is dropped into his cell, he doesn't know what to think. Is she a victim like him, or is she being used by his captors to control him? Either way, he knows he must control his instincts, or he will end up inescapably bonded to her. The delicate queen needs his help to survive, and it's his duty to save her, but can he do it without losing his heart? Asterix, asterix, updated text and cover for editing errors. Story remains the same. Asterix, asterix. <laughs> so Claire, that's what it says that book is about. What's that book about? I mean, sure. Yeah, those things happened. <laughs> okay. Let me... <laughs> Very first thing. Uh-huh. The first thing that happens, Ruth is tossed into a metal room. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, a second ago, I was in San Francisco in the financial district. I don't think it's actually San Francisco. London. It was London. Yeah. Okay. The I don't think it says, but the writer lives in London, so I assume okay. it's London. I assume San Francisco just because that's where I am, and it yep. wasn't specific. So anyway... She's on her way to work. She's got her latte. She's got a muffin. She's got her cute little kitten heels. She turns a corner to go into an alleyway, which is a shortcut to her work. And bam, she falls into a metal cell. Um, so what had happened, <laughs> what had happened was, what happened was, she was kidnapped by little green men mm-hmm. who had uh, z- uh, zooped her into. <laughs> That's the, the scientific term zooped her zooped her into their alien spacecraft and then and she was she didn't really remember them as much because then they just immediately pushed her down a hole Mm -hmm. and uh in that hole now she's in a big metal cell Mm -hmm. which made me start thinking a lot about spaceships and thinking about how inappropriate it is that they're all metal and then in fact like maybe metal's too heavy and like i just started to spin off in this other direction about like metals and spaceships and it was like stop it claire focus focus on the reading of this book yeah because i mean i'm fairly certain that our spaceships are made of metal yes the ones that go to the moon and such partially oh okay yeah but like long term and also like if you're from a different anyway this is unimportant this is unimportant but it's just like what immediately I started to think about. So you need to write a sci-fi series where the ships are all made out of plastic. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So she falls into this hole. She's she, her eyes are adjusting to the dark. She doesn't know what's happening. What I appreciated right away about Ruth is that she was pretty analytical. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't freak out right away. She starts to like 
kind of taken her surroundings. She's like, okay, I'm not going to scream yet because that's going to be silly. I need to, like, understand where I am. She starts letting her eyes adjust. She's looking around. Like, it was really kind of a calm sort of mm-hmm. thought process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and also, she's in a little bit of shock. So there was a little bit like, well, how am I going to get to work now? <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny and very silly, mm-hmm. but also like very calm. Like yeah. Ruth in general, this whole book only has a couple of freakouts, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that about mm-hmm. her. Like she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna think this moment through a little bit." Yeah, I appreciated too that she was like, "Are they like holding me for ransom? Because that I have a bad choice for that. I don't know anyone with money." Like, like immediately, she's like, "I'm the most random person they could have done this to." <laughs> Which is true. Which was actually true. Like she was just a random pickup, and in fact, never explained. Her pickup is never actually explained. It is kind of almost. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So she gets. She begins looking around, and that's when she hears a kind of growl behind her. Mm-hmm. She looks, and there's a huge animal, sort of just squatting behind her and looking very menacing. And then she sees that it's not just an animal. He's got humanoid features. And then we get into a weird pronoun game. We know what his pronouns are, but she's going to assign them to him. <laughs> and I was like, she's, wow. And well, I did appreciate just like there are characteristics that I would associate with masculine. And I mean, that might not be true, but like for the sake of my own brain, I'm just going to say he until I'm proved otherwise. And then he stands up and she sees his big di- giant dick. She's like, wow, there you go. Right. And then I appreciate it even after that. She's like, I mean, still uh, could have lots of different ways of thinking of his own gender. (laughs) But again, (laughs) I'm still going to say he. So like there was it was a very interesting sort of like back and forth she had in her head about him. And then I was so happy we got to go into his head. Yeah. And one, he is not dumb. He's very smart. And he just has another language that is just not translatable. And it is all grunts and, you know, you know, growls, Mm -hmm. but that's not what he hears. Mm -hmm. And what he hears coming out of her mouth is sort of this high pitched whining noise. (laughs) 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 And he's like, oh, God. (laughs) Shh, lady. (laughs) And right. He recognizes her as a her but calls her queen it's a queen it's a queen has arrived from some other tribe who's obviously mm-hmm. near the near the ocean right i looked at he's like okay because he looks like essentially a cross between like a gorilla and a caveman i kind of started thinking of him as a hairy orc with a tail oh maybe but like handsome yeah well but it's because the teeth because he had this big oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But then he also had the like the sloping brow. Right, and a big flat nose. Yeah. Anyway. Um She thought he was like caveman E, but with a tail. Yeah. And taller. Yes. Um, and I also liked that he when she was analytical, he was also like, Okay, so I recognize her basically as like a queen, but like she doesn't look like the queens that I know. So it would make sense. Oh, she probably lives by the ocean because like she has so little hair and that is good for like swimming through the water and stuff and like they were both trying to like think through things which yeah. is you i've never i've never seen that before no I people th- just kind of freak out and that's how that goes right and i really appreciate that i also liked that he was like oh and she's wearing 
clothes. Like mm-hmm. he didn't like he's like fabrics and you know feet things. Um, <laughs> feet things. He's like, which means they're industrial mm-hmm. because somebody has to make those. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. those, and and so like immediately he recognized himself as not being from an industrial group. Mm-hmm. Like he's in an al- he understood to be in an alien spacecraft. He understood they were flying through space. He understood that his people do not need spaceships, and so they do not make them. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't need clothes, so they don't make those either. Like, these are all different people he understood to be around him, Um, which I thought was great. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, sure. And then, like, the communication between the two of them as they kind of grow, like, they have a lot of lovely misunderstandings that is just, and then a lot of, like, okay, this is how we'll... My absolute favorite i actually thought this was really cute so his name is gron to lean into like you know his language is very guttural etc etc and she introduces herself as ruth and then he calls her gruth and that's how he thinks of her in his brain like oh that's how names start so her name is gruth and i just thought it was really no it wasn't and she was like and she kept trying to say no ruth Groove. ruth and he's like gruth no, Groove. Ruth. Groove. And she went, fine, fine, Groove. It was, it's Groove. But then I love, too, that that's what he called it when we were in his brain. He kept calling her Groove. Yeah. So it's not even that, like, he misheard her and he couldn't make those sounds. It was like, yeah, names are Groove. That's a name. It was really sweet to me. I don't know why. I thought it was cute. No, I thought, and I thought, like, the way they became friends was, was nice. Like, like he wouldn't let her touch him because that starts the mating process Mm -hmm. and he was like absolutely not because i'm part of like a like he's not part of a mate he's part of like a tribe where he's an unmated like person in it right and um but he's he's like sworn allegiance to a queen so he's like he's like a a drone that doesn't have sex. Mm-hmm. So, but it would be a betrayal to then go with another queen. So he's like, nope, nope, we're not starting the mating process. I'm a, I'm an uggo. Nobody likes me and I'm not going to foist myself upon you. And she was just like, I'm, I'm from earth. And our, the very first thing we do is touch each other. Cause, and, but she's like, okay, he doesn't like me touching him. So I guess I won't do that. Even though she's like, I gotta touch that tail. He has a tail and I super want to touch it. <laughs> and I was like, for me personally, it was like, I would never touch someone else's tail. Oh, no. Without direct permission. Like no. someone handing it to me going, no, no, go ahead. I mean, I would just be like, that seems way off limits. Like yeah. hands, fingers, shoulders. I could go for that. Mm-hmm. But like tails. It seems know. it seems strangely like private. It seems really intimate. Yeah. But as we've heard from our reading at the top of the episode. They get to a point where the tail is more than happy to touch her. Right. And in fact, it actually is very intimate. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Gron, like, he doesn't want to be anywhere near her for a lot mm-hmm. of really good reasons. Yeah. He doesn't know, like, neither of them know why they're in the cell together. Mm-hmm. They realize that other people may have um, other ambitions for their pairing than they themselves want mm-hmm. for themselves. So they're like... I appreciate it, too, that that Gron had this conflict within himself that he's like, well, I'm already sworn to another queen. So like it, it would be very, you know, gauche of me to, to like bond with her, but also she's separated from her 
her males. So she needs someone to protect her. So like, what's the greater good to stay true to my queen or to protect this queen? It was interesting. No. And I thought like, um, it was actually kind of a deeper sort of thought process of Mm -hmm. exactly how they were going to get this together. Mm -hmm. Intermixed with the very silly things like at some point the aliens just had enough of them not fucking and went down and took her clothes. (laughs) (laughs) We also find out later that so Gron belongs to a species called the Gandry which are like sort of kept in a bubble uh I started thinking of them as pandas. That's fair. (laughs) They're kept in this sort of space bubble as like a preservation program to sort of like let them. They're on a preserve. Go on their evolutionary track, what they will kind of thing. And so these space pirates took him because they're like, oh, we can make money. And they're like, oh, we should get a baby. Like get a female so they can have babies and we'll make even more money. And I guess they just swung by Earth. And they saw humans and they're like, yeah, those, they look the same. Because these are little like frog, they, they seemed amphibious. So to them, anything that's not amphibious, it, it's like, oh yeah, they both have hair. They're the same species. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think of them as amphibious. I read them as the joke about the little green men. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, she described them as having f- frog-like features. Yeah. So. Yeah. Later, when we got more into them, and they had like more of a personality, mm-hmm. um, and they're very cruel. Um, they they have um, electrified sticks that are, um, you know, that to keep them in line. Uh, when they come down to take Ruth's clothes, uh, they attack immediately, and they like they incapacitate Gron in a really like violent way. And then take her clothes off in a really violent way. That's like very much, it's a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And right after that, she's like, her and Gron have become close, but she's like, do not touch me. And he's like, ah, she doesn't want me to touch her because I didn't protect her. I feel really bad about this. And she's like, don't touch me because I was just violated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when she's ready, she seeks out his touch again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that it made sense. It all made sense. Like it mm-hmm. felt correct. And neither, and they like both people drew really clear boundaries and then uh, were careful about crossing them when they would cross them. Mm-hmm. Um, they also like the foods that they would get were just like the space foods they got was like this cake that was just like a nutrition cake. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, like some sort of, I, I thought of it as a big blueberry. <laughs> a big blueberry with like a little cap on it that you could just take off the top and just drink out of it Mm. and it's like i was like if it like i thought of it as a big blueberry but then i thought it probably tastes like that aloe juice (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which sometimes you're like good and sometimes you're like that's all right so So that's kind of what i imagined and then uh, so when she's naked like we uh we do there does start to be a little bit of a sexual like more sexual feelings between Mm -hmm. the two of them and ruth is selfishly disappointed when he does not get an erection when they're cuddling Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like i'm sorry i'm a naked hot lady what is his problem? And she's like, I guess maybe he has a Mrs. Gron at home. <laughs> she, 
She ref- ref- references Mrs. Gron every now and again, and I'm like, that's funny. It cracks me up. It was funny. Every single time she's like, oh, he's probably worried about Mrs. Gron. I mean, yeah, he's going to get back to her at some point, so I get it. <laughs> she's like, but how do I tell him I don't have a Mr. Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> and then also when we jump in his head, we find out that um, basically in his species, the men have to like receive physical contact from a queen for three days and then they are ready to go all the damn time yes yeah so it's you know so he's like he doesn't want to start that process mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to like not start the process like he's very confused in his own mind and then they're just dropped onto a planet mm-hmm. uh, like it's their they're in the what it seems to be is their little like jail cell is actually a little capsule that's on the bottom of the spacecraft mm-hmm. and it just like they plunks them down somewhere and then they're carried around around for a little bit and then they're like we gotta get out of here mm-hmm. so ruth and gron escape escape. escape and it's like a forested planet where the trees are like 17 times taller than red growth you know redwood growth old growth forest are these are super mm-hmm. tall trees and Gron and like just puts Ruth on his back like a backpack and just like chugs through the woods, just like run, 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 run. And then they are in survivalist mode for a while. And then and then nothing happens. And then mostly nothing happens for a while because as we've all, it's like that like that whole part of the seventh book of Harry Potter. You're just in the goddamn woods. Yeah, <laughs> and like. So the things that do happen is they have to survive and get calories, but they don't really know the vegetation around. So there's a little bit of testing things out and it mostly works for the most part. So they eat some weird foods, but they don't have enough calories, which really becomes a problem when they start having sex. <laughs> because <laughs> they do start to mate and boy, oh boy, is he up for it. But it costs a lot of calories. <laughs> and and both of them are in their heads like, I want to do this some more, but it's going to kill me. <laughs> um, and then eventually he goes out to find to forge some more food and he gets stuck by like um, a stinger, like just like a thorn from a tree. And like it makes him immediately sick and she doesn't know what to do. And then thank God we have a deus ex machina where the green aliens come back, but they're the good ones this time. And I, I swear to God, like I was kind of, I was enjoying a lot of this book. Like it wasn't great, but I was enjoying a lot of it. And when that happened, I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, writer. You just got fucking stuck. Like you had no idea what to do. And you were like, uh, I've written myself into corners upon, upon corners. <laughs> And so the green men come back and these ones, while they have our pandas, best interest in heart, <laughs> <laughs> and then it wants to take him back to like the preserve and wants to like make, and you know, doesn't want to separate him and Ruth because they're like, okay, this was a mismatch. You two weren't supposed to be put together, but now you're bonded. And we have an understanding about their culture that now you're, you can't really be separated. So bad news, lady, you got to go with him. <laughs> and she's like, I got to make my own choices here. And they're like, okay, what's your choice? Well, I'm going with him. <laughs> she doesn't make a single choice in this book other than to start fucking him. 
Yeah. It was like the so them being out in the forest planet before Gron got like stuck with the thorn or whatever. When Claire says it, it's like, oh, I I imagine how much time that would take. Listeners, like double or triple it. And that's how long they were just like hanging out in the woods with no goal other than to like not be kidnapped. So like they didn't have a plan. They weren't making choices. And we weren't going into Gron's head enough anymore now. So like Yeah. Like so many of the interesting things came from the differences between their two thought processes. Mm-hmm. And now we're just in Ruth's head. And we're just mm-hmm. in Ruth's head for a really long time. So we do get to go into Gron's head one more time while they're mating, having sex. And but that's it, really. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get to spend a lot of time. There's some sexy erotic stuff with like the two of them but honestly the whole time i was thinking like guys this is a bad time you have eaten nothing for four days <laughs> also i feel like, like on the one hand i appreciate the author being like oh well no they need to like have time to get to know each other before they have sex etc cetera, etc cetera. but another i mean on the other hand i'm reading a book called ruth's bonded on a Goodreads list of alien human erotica, you gotta get to the sex sooner. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I felt like it was, it was so long. It was like eighty yeah. percent. Yeah. When we finally got yeah, to them having like, sex. I read Asimov to learn about the, you know, existential quandary around robots. I read Ruth's Bonded for the alien sex. Like, come on. Well, and yeah i again like i I thought a lot of this was really well thought out Mm -hmm. but it made me question what the fantasy was Mm -hmm. is the fantasy actually is the fantasy not having it all to do with the kidnap and stuff like i mean i don't know if you've ever run into this problem where you're on the bus and you're like i just want to have a daydream for a little bit what if i run into this one movie star and like the fantasy is that you're gonna have sex with a movie star Mm -hmm. but like in your head you're like well but how do i and then you start to like build the whole story around that. And it's like, well, what is the fantasy that you're famous enough to also run into a movie star <laughs> <laughs> or, or that you just have sex with them. And so that's what it felt like. It was mm-hmm. like the fantasy is being kidnapped and having, and like, and then finding a new life with an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this was the fantasy. The thing too, that the, the reason why I picked this book over all the other straight alien human erotic novels novels in quotes um i say that because of their length not because of the quality anyway um is that it talked about like very specifically like gron came from like a matriarchal society and he's subservient to queens and i was like so let's see him be subservient like i wanted more like dumb sub stuff but it did not happen like he was ready to be a sub and ruth was just like let's kiss yeah, um, I mean, so I would, I felt cheated out of an opportunity. He personally. would do things that she asked him to do. I mean, one of my very favorite scenes was when she was like running around their captivity thing when they were first in space, and she's mm-hmm. trying to find like holes or something mm-hmm. in the grommets or whatever, and she's like pulling at it and pushing at it and kicking at it, and Gran is looking at her like, "Well, that's useless. I already did that." I mean, mine was mostly rage filled, but. I mean, I get what she's doing, but mm-hmm. I wish I could tell her, it's cool, I already did it. 
And then she's like, hey, push on the ceiling for me because you're tall enough. And he walks up to her and he's like, no, lady, I know what you want, but I think it's dumb. And she's like, push on the ceiling for me. And he's like, don't follow her orders because she's not your queen. <laughs> and if you start following her orders, you'll be accidentally bonded to her. And she's like, push on it. And he's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> So he lifts up his hands with this look on his face like, are you fucking kidding me? And even she sees the look. <laughs> and he pushes on. He's like, see, this shit's going nowhere. <laughs> and she's like, damn it. And he's like, and then he looks at her with an I told you so look. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and that was adorable. So I kind of wanted more of that in the woods. Except this was like his territory in some ways. Mm -hmm. So she had nothing to do but trust him. Like she was mm -hmm. completely under his like, you know, un you know, under his like care. And then when he got sick, he was still like she was still like she needed him more than he needed her mm -hmm. because there was nothing she could do. And it was really funny, too, because she kept wanting to wash herself in streams. And mm -hmm. at some point I was like, lady, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna just get immediately dirty again in a second like i mean if you're doing it to cool off fine but you know you're not a goddamn bird you don't need to clean be clean to fly <laughs> you're like you're like a deer now you wash when it's real gross <laughs> not all the time <laughs> you know so and then even when Eventually, the story ends like the green aliens, after being exceptionally condescending for a very long time. Oh, my God. There were, she was even like, um, you can call me by my name, by the way, not human female. My name is Ruth. And they're like, oh, you have names? That's so exciting for you. And she's like, yeah, don't you have a name? He's like, oh, of course I have a name. And, and I appreciated the colonization aspect mm -hmm. of it. I thought that was really lovely. And that who are these people to think that they have the right to care for this other society even? What, mm -hmm. what makes them think they're able to when they're clearly not? Um, so I thought that was all very interesting. And again, not what I was here for. I was here for them to keep having... I, I was here for the tail sex. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually, like, they're returned to a place and Grand is like, it's my home! It's my home! Well, he has no understanding how we got there, by the way. For Gron, he fell asleep in the cave, sick, thinking he was dying, and then he woke up back at his home planet mm -hmm. and was like... Well, that was a goddamn miracle. But he's a smart <laughs> enough man to know what ha he could have been told. He would have figured it out. He'd been like, oh, these are the good aliens. It's fine. <laughs> Which would have been an interesting scene, too. But we decide, fuck that. He has to be in charge the whole time. And the only way to do that is to knock him out. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. Like, I felt it was building itself as like, you know, the big the big strong man that you that you need to take care of you etc cetera, etc cetera. but then the fact that it's like oh yeah men is subservient on his planet i'm like oh so that's surely that means that this book will be different somehow of like their dynamic that like oh during the day he's in charge but at night she's in charge or something like that but that's it's not what no, happened even during their sex sessions like the first sex session she was on top like he pulled mm -hmm. her on top of him and then the second one she pulled him on top of her and he's like, Oh, that's not the way sex goes. And she's like, no, I like it this way. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I don't know. 
that's not the way we do it back at home. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, just do it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I see what you're getting no, at here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be on top. <laughs> I was like, why did we go all this way so that it, he could be on top? Like, I want to top an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. But that's not where we were going. Anyway, so they get safe. They're fine. Uh, the, the weirdest part, one of the other weird parts was like when she's on the alien ship and she's talking to the alien, she gets clothes again. And she's mm-hmm. so happy to get clothes. And I'm like, why? You've just been spending all this time without it. You must have realized they're not important anymore. I think it's, um, and I think she said this, that like, because of them, like she felt vulnerable in front of them without clothes. Maybe. I feel like when he mentioned it, that's when she felt vulnerable. He's like, oh, did you want clothes? And she was like, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. You're looking She's right like, at my tits. I remember clothes. Clothes. Cloths for my body. Yeah, I mean, and she was about to go live this whole feral life with an alien. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like. I wanted to see her change, like that she didn't need the bars of soap anymore, that she didn't need the shampoos and conditioners, that she didn't need all of that because now she had her feral alien life, which is what she was going to have. And she was never going to touch that stuff again. (laughs) Yeah, because she ends up on his home planet and she's going to have to get used to it. Yeah. And I am interested to find out what was going to happen when his ladies... Also, he kept saying he was the ugliest one of his clan. <laughs> and I, I just wonder if he shows up with this like weird looking queen, if they're like, yeah, that's the only one Gron could have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> Look how scrawny she is, of course. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Gron. Goodness. Goodness. Where'd you dig her up? <laughs> Some people are like, well, this just goes to show there's somebody for everybody. All the all the all the gandry with low self esteem are just like, well, hey, if Gron can find a queen, then I can too. I mean, I don't want to look at her, but hey, he found a queen, so I can too. Oh, the weird hairless one. <laughs> she's she's like a little ferret. It's like she doesn't even have a tail. She doesn't even have a tail. What's she Is supposed to fish? do? Is he having sex with a fish? <laughs> Is he dating a fish lady? No, it's a seal lady. <laughs> See how smooth her skin parts are? It's a seal lady. It's a seal lady. <laughs> Goodness. Like, I mean, it's going to be weird back at home for Grant. <laughs> if somebody, if one of those people that's like, don't say something nice, or if, you're, if you have nothing nice to say, they'll be like, well, at least she has opposable thumbs. <laughs> oh, Goodness. man. Ugh. Yeah, there wasn't enough sex. There wasn't. But uh, that was that book. That was Ruth Sponded. Ruth? V.C. Lancaster. That's also a weird title. It was so hard to say. Ruth Sponded. Ruth apostrophe S, as in Ruth is bonded. Yeah. Well, well, no, it's no, he's bonded to her. She's his bonded. So it's like saying Ruth's husband. Oh, my God. That's even worse. (laughs) So it's not Ruth is bonded. It's Cause, Ruth's Because bonded. bonded is an adjective. It's not a noun. <laughs> so if it had been Ruth's bond or Ruth's mate. Yeah. Uh, but like, but because they, they called each other their bonded. 
like this i'm bonded to yeah you're right it's dumb but it's also like that's what it means okay whatever (laughs) on that graphical note (laughs) ruth's bonded that's that book that was that book planet glacerous alien lovers one siren publishing menage everlasting man love by olivia black The year is 2327. Earth, once strong, is now trying to recover from the devastation of the Great War. During the battle, millions of lives were lost and cities were destroyed. Needing to rebuild, the government turned to other planets. One day, a starship arrived from the planet Glesseris. The aliens traded technology and medicine for willing humans to become mates to their people. Sebastian Kane is struggling to survive. His only option for a better life is to leave Earth. He volunteers to go to Glesseris, looking for a fresh start, and the only family he has left, an older brother. But life on Glesseris takes some getting used to, and Sebastian must learn the customs before becoming a mate to a Glesseran male. High King Auden Catal and Captain Regan Pequach are both interested in becoming Sebastian's mate. <laughs> Sorry like, I to interrupt, but that little shrug you gave to was Look, so I'm good. trying my best here. I'm yeah. trying my best. I don't... There's, there's an awful lot of apostrophes in weird places. Instead of bidding on, human at, uh, on the human at auction, the aliens battle it out, and the winner gets to mark and claim Sebastian. Asterisk, a siren erotica romance. That's what that book says it is. <laughs> um, I'm going to point out <laughs> right at top here because I want Christine to know the battle is very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to steal your thunder there, Neil. Yeah. But the battle is very disappointing. It's not even a battle, it's a competition. And it's not even a competition. It, okay. It's a game of hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Neil, tell us about this book. Okay. This was everything I wanted it. <laughs> and let me tell you why. <laughs> so... We're in the future. As the book says, we're in the future. And after the Great War, the human race is struggling to survive. And um, there was a point that's like technology was destroyed or something. And then he, he gets picked up in a horse and cart. And there's part of me that's like, okay, sure. But there's another part of me that's like, so did everybody who knew how to make a car die? Like, everyone. Everyone who knew all the steps to making a car die? No, but they still knew how to make jeans and t-shirts. But they still knew how to make jeans and t-shirts. <laughs> and he had an apartment. I, I, I just the, needed a little bit more as to, like... a metal door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Also, there's a point where he goes to the Justice Hall, and in front of it is a giant iron woman's face. And they said it used to be called the Statue of Liberty. And I just wanted to be like... Statue of Liberty is famously has copper on the outside of it. That's why it's green, because the outside of it is copper. But sure, whatever. Anyway, that's not important. Okay, so the human race is struggling. 
And then aliens from the planet Glesseris come down and they're like, hey, we'll help you, but you have to send us your your young and virile humans to mate with us. And at first it was a lottery system and that was not great. Yeah, people didn't like that. <laughs> so then the government was like, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. And then they basically now, if you volunteer, then you know that your family's going to be more or less taken care of. So you hear Brent, So like on the surface, that sounds great. But every time we talk to someone, it's like, oh yeah, my mom was super sick and we couldn't afford medicine. So I left the planet so she could have medicine. Okay. Why do the Glesserins want to mate with humans? Unknown. Never explained. Beyond that. Because they're daddy aliens who want twink humans. <laughs> Beyond that, so there's a whole step process that we'll get into. But if you go to Glesserus, you might not even end up on Glesserus. You might end up on another planet, a planet with which Glesserus has an open trade agreement. And let me tell you, listeners, that if you had a drinking game where you took a shot every time they said open trade agreement, (laughs) you'd be dead. They said it 12 times in like five pages. It was bonkers. There's like, and it was so funny the way the dialogue would be because someone's like, "Well, we have an open trade agreement with this planet. An open trade agreement. An yes, open trade an open agreement. trade agreement. Oh, the market has uh, the market has things with other planets who they have an open trade agreement with. Yes, an open trade agreement. It was anyway. So then you get you can get sent to another planet to be a a mate there. Why do they need human mates? Never explained. None of this is ever explained. And in fact, when the humans go, they have to have, they get an injection that somebody so casually says, oh, this alters your DNA. So that all of a sudden the men can become pregnant with glycerin babies and they live as long as glycerins. And okay. Anyway, first and foremost, the most important thing you need to know about this book, our main character, Sebastian, is a goddamn idiot. <laughs> He's a fucking moron. I just, I just, the question I would like to ask all of our listeners if you were going off to an alien planet for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, and to prepare you, they gave you a book that had absolutely everything you could possibly need about Glasserus and the planets with which it had an open trade agreement. Would you read it? I would. Yes. Um, that is the minority of people who actually went. And all of them to a T said, it was just so big. It was so lo- It was like a thousand pages. It was too long. It was very boring. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. Sebastian goes to this planet not knowing anything. Which, on the one hand, I'm like, uh, I, you know, like, we see that in characters, especially the kind that's like, I do what I want. And that turns out to be the right thing, whatever, whatever. There's more so there's a there's a point where he's being led away and someone's like, Oh yeah, blah 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 with the others and who are going to the singles dormitory and blah, blah, I I'll I might explain to this it doesn't it doesn't matter. Somebody's like, Oh yeah, well they're the the ones who are going to the singles dormitory and blah 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 and you wait here and I'll get the others. <laughs> and Sebastian's like, The others? And this person he's talking to is like, Yes. 
There are people going to the singles dormitory. That was on the previous page, guy. Pay attention. There's a point, too, <laughs> where he sees essentially the Glesserin version of, um, uh, oh, shit. What's it called? When you watch the nights and eat dinner. Medieval times. Essentially the Glesserin version of medieval times. And one of the men he's starting to fall in love with is part of this, like, gladiator battle. And he decides to ignore it because he's eating. <laughs> So like, he can't eat food and pay attention to something at the same time. And it's like, first of all, the, this person he's kind of falling in love with is in it and has explicitly said, I'm glad you're here and I look forward to you seeing this. And I was also interested in seeing it. Yes. I wanted to know what this battle was all about. And Sebastian is like, oh, too violent. Not for me. Ooh, no, it wasn't food? even that. He was like, oh, wow, that's exciting. But now I have to look at my food because if I, I can only pay attention to one thing at a time, apparently. He looks down at his food and then he eats and then he hears a buzzer. And he's like, oh, is it over? Oh, I missed the whole thing. The fucking idiot. <laughs> also, I like to read a passage from the book. So there's a point where he's about to have sex. With one of the Glesserins, obviously. Lube, Sebastian asked, glancing over his shoulder. Auden shook his head. My body is primed. My cock leaks out a natural lubricant that will allow me to breach you without causing discomfort. Sebastian nodded. He already knew about the sec secreted lubricant. He'd felt it when he touched Auden's dick inside the cave. Then why did you ask? Fucking hell! Fucking fuck fuck. Just like, oh yeah, that thing that already happened to me. Oh, I knew about that, so I'm going to ask about it? Goddamn moron. But I know that's not what it is. I know that the author was like, oh, I already mentioned that before. How do I fix this? Oh, he already knew about it all along. Typity type type. No, just <laughs> cut that part out. Ah! Also, this whole book was, uh, here's the same information that you need seven times. And then it also breaks its own rules all the goddamn time. Okay, 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 okay. So Sebastian meets two other friends, Aaron and Georgie. Georgie is apparently the only person out of like a hundred who read this goddamn manual. And everyone else is like, Georgie, what's going on? And Aaron is like the comedic relief. And there's a point where they're walking around and they see an area where men of various species, aliens, because this is near the marketplace, so it's like where all the where you would see species from other planets, a selection of them are inside glass tubes that exposes their genitalia so that uh, other men can do things to them. And this is all consensual. And Aaron is like, that's what I want to do. I want to go do that. And he's like, I have money. Put me in the glass tubes. And George is like, no, actually, you get paid to be in the glass tube. And everyone's like, even fucking better. <laughs> <clears throat> and then later, it's like, oh, Aaron was um, bought by this guy. There's an auction. We'll get into it. And Aaron's like, damn it. I just wanted to be in the singles dormitory. I just He just wanted to go inside a sex tube and get fucked all day. <laughs> But no, he got bought, so whatever. And then later in the, like, 
a page later. It's like, oh yeah, some people volunteer to go to the singles dormitory. Did nobody tell Aaron? Well, maybe if he'd read the manual, I maybe guess. If he would. Well, and not only did he not read the manual, but because like somebody almost caught him out and he was embarrassed about not reading the manual, someone else says, oh, he didn't read the manual because he's illiterate. He can't read. <laughs> he can't read. And, and Aaron was like, yep, that's the cause. I can't read. Dumb, dumb me. Can't read. And he was like, and so then they assigned him a tutor. And he's like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> It's not going to get it ready to out of reading the book. <laughs> but but surely they all need tutors. Surely Glesserin is a different written language system than English. Uh, Yeah, surely they would. But fuck it. it. And then also <laughs> for all the explanations and all the bureaucracy and all the weirdness we have to go through. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. Neil, you have described several sexy things. Mm-hmm. One, a, a man tube. <laughs> Yes. Um, which can a I single sorry, dormitory. I have one more thing to say about the man tube. Yes. Uh, just to interrupt here. So later there's a point where Aaron and this tutor kind of have a thing and Aaron is absolutely mortified because the tutor spanked him in bed and he liked it. And it's like, I don't know how I can ever get over this. I'm like, bitch, five chapters ago, tube. you wanted to be in a sex tube. <laughs> what? So thing is i'm so sorry please continue we were uh are these men are cleaned by hand mm-hmm. um they are in sex tubes mm-hmm. and they're in dormitories mm-hmm. where if you want to you can go to where cameras are looking at you so that the people who are auctioning and bidding on you can see you mm-hmm. these are three supposedly sexy things yeah that this author decided we were not going to get into at all and it w- we weren't going to make sexy. Nope. Like, instead, they made the cleaning thing awful. And I was like, why? You now have... I'm, I'm reading an alien sex book to read about alien sex. And you've decided to make this, neut- like, totally neutered of any sex. Just very platonic and, in fact, painful. <laughs> we go to see these sex tubes. And I was like, yes, finally. Something's going to happen now. And they're like, yeah, there they are. And then they walk to another part and he buys a necklace. I'm like, I'm not here for necklace (laughs) (laughs) i'm here for sex tubes god damn it and then we go back to the dormitory and aaron is like popular among the men's Mm -hmm. so he's he's gotten a gift and it's a gorgeous dildo and i'm like yes let's test the dildo no no and in fact sex between the human males is forbidden and i'm like why But now our man, he's going to go take a shower because when he needs to get his feelings out, he goes and works out. I'm like, for sure, he's got to take a shower now. And he's going to see the camera and decide, well, let's give him a show if they want a show. Nope. No. We're not doing that either. And I'm like, where's the sex? And let me tell you what. 80 fucking percent again. (laughs) I was so angry. (laughs) Right? For like, okay. Okay. He, Sebastian went to Glesseris for the explicit reason to just get knocked up by some alien guy. And we don't see that for a very long time. Very long time. Oh, gosh. And, and like, we don't even get all the sexy stuff that should happen in between that. Like, 
I feel like, well, okay, we're going to get into some weird gray area territory. And then forgive me, because we're already doing human auction block stuff, which isn't. Okay. And immediately the author decides to cut that off. It is like, no, no, no. It's actually like practically donations just to keep, keep. The okay. So thing here's going. the thing. So there's a, so, okay. So when the humans get to Glasserus and it's only queer men who are allowed in Glasserus, straight men and women are sent to a tropical planet, whereas they go to Glasserus, which is so fucking cold that everyone lives underground. Right. I don't understand how that's fair, but here we are. So the human men live in a dormitory for a week and during the day sort of get taken out on little field trips to learn about Glasserus um, and to like, be able to interact with Glesserin males who might be interested in them. Also, apparently they're not allowed to because when Regan sort of flirts with uh, Sebastian in public, he gets in trouble. But also they're totally allowed to because at the battle, Aaron jerks a guy off through his pants in front of everyone and that's fine. Anyway... I know, I missed opportunities. I was right. like, why are we, where's the group sex scenes? So, where's the trying out of people? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why when we get to it. Um, but so the, the humans are in this dorm for a week and there are cameras on them so that the men who are bidding on them can like sort of watch them and sort of figure out which ones they want. But like, there's also a, a pairing process but there's also an auction. So it sounds like, and I don't know why, because this seems so complicated, that basically, because they have the men fill out a, the humans fill out a survey, essentially. And so, th so for each human, they take a group of Glesserins that feel would be a good match. And those are the ones who are allowed to bid on them. So it's still just whoever has the most money saved up. But it's like, ugh, it's so bizarre. Right. But that actually doesn't even matter. But it doesn't even matter because we find out um, that Sebastian gets pulled out of the auction because he's royalty. And it's like, what? And then I this was a gasp for me. We find out that his brother, who had left 10 years earlier, is married to a prince. So now Sebastian is royalty because his brother is a mate of the prince. And I was like, okay, well, that's exciting. If you're going to go to an alien planet, you want to be royalty immediately. Oh, so good. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but then we find out that actually that doesn't happen all the time. That's not a rule at uh, all. Yeah. That, in fact, that's a rule the king just made up because the king saw Sebastian walk off that airship and was like, hot. I want to fuck that that's, one. But I can't claim him. We got to keep this process fair, uh -huh. but I don't want it to be too fair. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to take him out of competition. And what we're going to do is we're or out of the auction. And what we're going to do is after a week, we're going to have a competition for him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's when we get the buildup of what this competition is going to be. And it's built up and built up. And built up. Neil, what is the competition? They drop Sebastian on the surface and hope that he lives long enough for somebody to find him. And whoever finds him first gets to marry him. Yeah. <laughs> and the, it, was this, it was as if they forgot. Because Glesserins are very tall and beefy, as you can imagine. They also have, like, white, white skin and, like, 
fully black eyes. So they, it seems like, I will give the author this. They obviously evolved to live in a very snowy climate and are sort of like better equipped to handle. It's as if they forgot that humans can't live out in ice for a very long time. And they're like, oh, no, he'll be fine over there. And then Auden, the High King, was like, oh, no, I can find him right away. It's totally fine. That's not what happens. He finds him a couple days later and Sebastian's almost dead. But then he's like, oh, no, I was an asshole. I shouldn't get to keep Sebastian. And then Regan shows up. And at this point, Sebastian's, like, into both of them. Regan is a general or something. Yeah, he's, like, the captain of the ship that brought all the humans here. Right. It's, like, his his normal thing, but he's also, like, a general. Right. And then, but then also it's, like, that's kind of a, that's kind of a shitty gig because it takes, the trip to Earth is three months. So that's, like, okay, you, you bond with, Re, or, like, you're Regan's mate, and then he's gone half the year. I mean, assuming that a year there is 12 months. In any case. <clears throat> um, so Auden is making sure that Sebastian stays alive. And then Regan shows up and Auden's like, I relinquish my claim on the child or whatever. Um, and then Regan's like, no, but you totally won. And Auden's like, I was an asshole. <laughs> and then he leaves. And then Regan's like, well, I guess you're mine now. And Sebastian's like, Oh, but I liked him. And Regan's like, but you like me too, right? And Sebastian's like, yeah, I can't choose. So then there's this thing called second mate, secondary mate. <sighs> okay. So, okay. <laughs> there's a very, like, the streams don't cross moment, which was real weird. <laughs> In a society that was supposedly so open about their sexuality mm-hmm. and just completely fine, we're like, but if you're a secondary mate, the secondary mate and the primary mate do not get together. They are not lovers. So in this society, the when the humans... um, Okay, so each Glesserin has a mark on their body. It's like a black tattoo. Very it's a tribal tattoo. tattoo. It's a big old <clears throat> tribal tattoo. Yeah, that is individual for each person. And when a human is mated with them, they get that same tattoo to show that they're mated to that person. <clears throat> and in my mind, I was like, okay. And they describe it. It's not actually a tattoo. It is it is branding. They burn like a, a deep layer of your skin. Painlessly. So painlessly, but it is branding. So like, oh yeah, and then a secondary mate. And I'm like, okay, in a culture where branding your mate is a thing, do we th- really think that there are secondary mates? Whatever, it's fine. So then Sebastian comes out of the thing and he looks, he's getting, he gets the mark put on and he realizes it looks different than um, Regan's, Regan's. And Regan's like, oh yeah, um, yours is a combination of mine and the High Kings. We're going to petition to be secondary mate. And I appreciated this about Sebastian. The very first time he asked a good question, which was, well, what happens if he says no? Did you think about that before you like permanently marked my body? And then Regan was like, oh, don't worry. He'll see his mark on you and his instincts will kick in and he'll want to be your mate. And then Sebastian goes, instincts? And I made the comment. I'm like, Sebastian, you know what instincts are. (laughs) Fucking use fucking context clues. You goddamn idiot. You fucking idiot. 
There's a point, too, where they were explaining the <laughs> dynamic of the primary and secondary mates, where essentially, and I appreciated this, that it is sort of a leftover from ancient culture on Glesseris because the environment is so harsh that they decide that, that society put together a system by which more like somebody could have a primary and a secondary mate so that more people were taking care of the offspring to help ensure their survival. I'm like, great, this makes sense. I'm sure monkeys do it. Great. But then of course, you know, like societal constructs built up around that. And there's, so it's like, so essentially the primary mate gets to dictate that the relationship that the, the childbearer has with the secondary mate so the primary mate can say, like, oh, no, the secondary mate can't live with us or whatever. Like, he gets to decide everything. And there's a point where Sebastian's like, well, it sounds like that the secondary mate isn't as important as the primary mate. I'm like, bitch, you know what primary and secondary mean? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? You goddamn fucking idiot. That was the most hilarious conversation in the whole book because... And in a book of many hilarious conversations. Oh my god. Because the king would say, um, you know, so he'll be the secondary mate. And <laughs> Sebastian's like, well, what does secondary mean? And then the captain says, what secondary means? And he's like, well, that means you're not equal. And then the captain says, well, we're not equal. He's the goddamn king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, Re Regan will just have to defer to him. I'm like, he already does that. Because Auden is the high king. There are regional kings, and Auden is in charge of them. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. And so Sebastian keeps coming back to this, though. He's like, but he has to have to it explained to him seven times. You need to be equals. And they're both like, we'll never be equals. And he's like, but you have to be equals. And but then, then what, what he really means is, you have to fuck me at the same time. <laughs> well, no, because what he says is, he goes up and he to talks to Auden and he's like, I want Regan to live with us. And Auden's like, okay, yeah, he can have the room next to mine. Great. This book also has no conflict. There's absolutely no conflict. None. There's no conflict at all. When something is maybe about to happen or built up, it is resolved immediately. Also, we, okay, we have to talk about Jason. The reason he went to the planet was to see his brother, Jason. He and Jason have one conversation. He sees that Jason is pregnant and already has a baby. And then it's just like, this is what I want. A mate and a family. This is 50% in. I'm like, since fucking when, Sebastian? And then we never talk to Jason ever again. Ever again. The whole reason he was there. And we don't talk to Jason ever again. No, we it's had more intimate conversations with this other guy who was a complete stranger who also had a kid and a baby. Oh, yeah. And was like, and was like this is how it's working for me, and I'm really happy. And Sebastian's like, that's great for you. I'm so glad that you're mm -hmm. happy. He's like, yeah, no, this worked out perfect. Like, I didn't imagine that this is what it was going to be. I was an idiot, and I didn't read the manual. <laughs> but this is a book with no conflict, so it all worked out. It all worked out. Ugh. And then Sebastian's like, okay, I'm not as afraid anymore. And I was like, this is a lovely conversation he could have had with his brother. <laughs> he could have had with his fucking brother. God. Uh, and, uh, okay, so we have to talk about the sex. So Glesserins have large penises that are um, 
that have knobs on them. They have bumpy ridges and nubs on them. There's also it almost felt like extra flaps of skin or something. It, yeah, the the head has sort of a little ridge around it, which made me think of the like a those lizards that have the thing that comes oh, up. Oh, I was thinking like jellyfish. Oh like, yeah, it, up... it used the word mushroom at some point to describe them. Yeah. So like a yeah, and then and then they they're self lubricating. Which on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, that's what you want out of an alien. Also, like, and uh, on the other body, hand, that's they a must, good idea. They must go through so much underwear. Like every time you get aroused, you just are leaking natural lubricant into your underwear. Is that why they wear leather? That's to help them get in and out Important of the pants. Important to note: the outfit of this book is combat boots, le- black leather pants, and a white tank top. FYI. Yep. 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 <laughs> So this large '90s kid club. club yeah, 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 here. yeah. <laughs> so this large, nubby, bumpy ridged penis, is flying at Sebastian. Um, and here's why we never got a group sex scene. This author doesn't know what to do when there's more than two people having sex at the same time. Yeah. The there's a scene with Auden and Regan. Oh, also they were like. So there's the potential conflict of Auden not agreeing right away, but he agrees right away. And they're like, well, nobody's claimed a secondary mate position in such a long time. We'll see what the people say. Everybody's excited right away. (laughs) This book has no conflict. He gets pregnant. Oh, there's something wrong. Oh, no, he's perfectly fine. Oh, the baby's coming. Something's wrong. No, he's perfectly fine. All on the next page. Every time a potential conflict is set up, it's resolved by the next page. Anyway, so... Auden and Regan and Sebastian are having sex, but it's very much like Auden and Sebastian do this, and then Regan and Sebastian do this, and then Auden and Sebastian do this. And it's like when he's blowing Regan, he's still getting fucked in the ass by Auden, but it's just like, oh, and then this is what happened with Regan, and Regan was feeling this, and blah, blah, blah. And we just don't talk about what his ass feels like anymore. Yeah, no, narratively, that's over. I, I <laughs> thought that. It, we like it maneuvered into a different sex scene for like I had to reread it yeah. twice because I thought it was a montage mm-hmm. of sex scenes. Yeah. And, oh, also, also, so, so, two things. One, Auden the High King. His last name is Catal. Q apostrophe T A L. In Spanish, Catal is like what's up. So he's King. What's up? <laughs> And he has, he had a mate who died in a war. And so he has three sons and two of them are mated. One of them to uh, Sebastian's brother, Jason. And then Sebastian marries Auden. So he is Jason's brother and stepfather-in-law. That's fun. Yeah. Oh God. This, this book was bananas. Absolutely bananas bonkers also okay we have to talk about georgie really fast yeah i was hoping you weren't gonna skip georgie so georgie um was all about all of this he read the manual he he knew what was going on he wanted to find a glycerin mate all of that nobody bid on him and he was so upset about it and then he was supposed to then the next planet the of the series of planets where they 
with which they have an open trade agreement was um Sueshan is the name of the planet where we are we've it's been set up in this whole book is like inhabited by like primitive fish people and that we're told that George is just going to get passed around through several guys to see if he gets pregnant. And if he doesn't, then he's out of sweat, on. And one person was like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. I think it was Auden. And then Regan's like, I mean, it's not what we do. You know, it's just different. Anyway, so how bad this is going to be, we don't know. And then it, it's like in the last 3% of the book, we find out that somebody like a, a Glesserin, like, decided to just take Georgie as his mate. And it was it was apparently a very harrowing experience. But the narrative is literally like, oh, this is like they're sitting around having dinner. And one of the princes is like, oh, hey, dad, I have this crazy story. They told the story. And Sebastian was so happy to hear that Georgie wasn't going to be on Sweshon anymore. They don't tell us what happened. It was literally like the author was like, oh, shit, I forgot about Georgie. I got to wrap this up. And even though the baby has already been born and nobody really cares about Georgie anymore, I got to wrap this up. So I'm just going to like write a paragraph about a about a story, not the actual story. I'm going to write about the story. So Georgie's fine, I guess. But part of me is like, surely they're going to be put in jail for this. Like this is this is this could be charged starting an intergalactic like war or something. The open trade agreement. They, they might. <laughs> lose their open trade agreement i mean one of the things with georgie because they kept like building they put so much into georgie's character because georgie wanted this so much like more than anybody else had read all of the stuff and then we come to find out that georgie was um like abandoned as a baby and grew up in an orphanage Mm -hmm. and and was never adopted was over was never picked and georgie literally volunteered for this so that he would be picked finally and then nobody picks him i felt so like, bad Why for georgie this this i wanted him to end up with that professor even though he was um tutoring aaron i wanted them to be like oh they're both book nerds obviously they'll get along Right, and then Aaron could go in the sex tube just like he wants. <laughs> and then Aaron can go live in the sex tube. <laughs> God damn. I'm just imagining him with his hands up in the air, like stuck in the sex tube, being like, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, imagine the, the Augustus Galoop tube, but yeah, Aaron's, exactly what Aaron's dick and ass are hanging out. And he's just like, <laughs> yes, that's all he wanted. <laughs> Goodness me. But no, no, no. Happiness is a mate, Neil. <laughs> Happiness is a mate and getting pregnant. And getting pregnant the day after your wedding. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was like, ah, oh, with all of this, there's still morning sickness. Like, he mm-hmm. found out he was pregnant because he went and threw up. And it was like, oh, you couldn't fix that. You did so many things. You made branding painless and you couldn't get rid of goddamn morning. <laughs> you sons of bitches. It was it was bizarre. Also, Georgie and Aaron were much more better developed characters than Sebastian ever was. Yeah. I feel like I'd even forgotten he had a brother until Yeah. Like I I genuinely feel like that was not 
brought up a whole lot as a goal until it was at the did. very beginning and then like, the scene where he finally got to see him and that was but it was like it. he didn't even think about his brother the whole time no not even until he was like oh right my brother's here it felt like he'd forgotten he probably did <laughs> he forgot what the word secondary meant he forgot when he grabbed a dick and felt that it was self-lubricating that that's what it did he forgot that that happened God damn Sebastian. Oh God. He's again, just like we didn't get to the sex till eighty percent of the book. I know. He's just like a box of hair on legs. Like there is nothing there. Goodness. Okay. Well, that was Planet Glesserus by Olivia Black. Again, Planet Glesserus, Alien Lovers One by Olivia Black. And that <laughs> something, was... something, man love, whatever. Man love. Oh, one thing we didn't <laughs> talk about. <laughs> Glesserin male. How often that phrase came up. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, sorry. It'd be like Sebastian was the, the, and then the mailed it, and then the mailed it. Okay, when you are on a planet that is literally all men, you have to be more specific about who the male is. Uh, I mean, it, like I was like, I don't need to know it's a male anymore. You established that's the whole planet. Yeah, now you say the high king, the soldier, yeah. the scholar the professor, the market stall owner, the dude in the sex tube, like <laughs> anything, anything. No, that was the only way to describe anybody was the male, even, the human male, the glycerin male. Even when there was more than one glycerin male in a room, they each took turns being the male. No, and like it was so Ugh. confusing when he first walked up to the captain because this was such like an important moment mm -hmm. in the book because he walks up to the captain and he's like enthralled by how beautiful, you know, the alien is that he's never he's never seen one before, but he's also enthralled by him. There was three of them standing together. Mm -hmm. The two of them were just a little further back and he just said the glycerin male and I was like, which one? There are three of them. <laughs> They're and you described them as all having the exact same features. It says that they all look they all look identical. Right. So you need the mark to be able to tell them apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? And then we, but we don't describe the marks. We like, have no idea what the marks look like. We have no idea what Glacerus looks like, other than it's a big cave. When the, one of the very funniest things is someone's like, they're giving the tour, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is like more or less a city center like this is kind of like a metropolis like there's different sectors like there's a sector that's very much just for agriculture and there's another sector that's for this and to get to them you have to go by boat and sebastian says i'm liking this planet more and more and with everything i hear and i'm like that they have an agricultural center like really gets you going you're like also yeah agricultural center <laughs> well he grew up on a war-torn planet he probably didn't have a lot of food I mean, that would have been nice to hear yeah. as part of, like, why he thought that. It just sounded weird. Also, there's a part where it's like, oh, yeah, they get on the boat and set sail. I'm like, is there wind underground to fill the sails? I don't know. I know, and I wanted, like, descriptions of the water because they kept saying, like, the boats, they're amazing. I was like, surely, even in the war-torn, like, planet that was, the you know, Earth, there was boats. <laughs> They it's, forgot what boats were. You got jeans. There's got to be boats, man. God <laughs> damn. He lives in New York. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently isn't like underwater. So but there's 
there's water around there. There's boats. There's fucking boats, man. Okay, that was that book. That, that was Planet Glossaris. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Yeah. Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. <laughs> okay. Claire. Yes. Are you ready to fuck Mary Kill? I'm ready to fuck Mary Kill. Would you like to go first? I will go first. Yay! Neil Higgins. I hope you don't steal mine. I probably did. That's yeah. actually why I like you to go first. Is like just cuz sometimes I do have them ready. And I'll choose like a second one because you pick them really good. And I feel oh, like I'm I always sh- do too as well. But I feel like I'm shitty at them. Like I feel like um... I'm bad at this game. <laughs> I'm glad that this was your idea that to do this podcast. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Hunted by your love. Kidnapped by your love. Love with a fellow kidnappee. Oh. <laughs> Again, this is hunted by your love, kidnapped mm. by your love, mm-hmm. or love with a fellow kidnappy. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to marry love with a fellow kidnappy because... That seems the least icky. <laughs> and then I imagine I'll eventually get out and I will just uh, be Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to fuck Kidnapped by Your Love because I could use that to escape. And then I'm going to kill Hunted by Your Love because that doesn't sound fun. I mean... This book says otherwise. Yeah. Although this book says it was also not fun, but also important for your life. <laughs> what about you, Claire? Um, I think I am going to fuck Hunted by Your Love, just because I've read too many werewolf romances and kind of loved them to mm. not really go for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to fuck that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kill Kidnapped by Your Love because mm-hmm. it's just never quite worked out. Like, sometimes, like, I think Captive was the only book, like, where we were like, no, this is great. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely enthralled by this. And I'm also going to marry a love with a fellow kidnappy. I do feel like the shared trauma, like... Uh, is kind of what's getting you two together. Mm-hmm. But, and then when you get back into the real world, is that shared trauma going to be enough to keep you two together? <laughs> God. But if you're, you know, on a planet where you have to just keep trying to survive with each other in the <laughs> woods, yeah, probably. It's probably enough. Goodness. Okay. Claire. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Gron. Uh huh. Auden. Uh huh. And Regan. Ooh. Our alien lovers. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna marry Gron. Okay. Honestly, like I thought he was really good at boundaries. You can't talk to him though. No, but 
you know, that'll keep him from saying the stupid thing the other two were saying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I still felt Gron was smarter. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to keep me from fucking Reagan, who mm-hmm. I thought he seemed to know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of liked, like, the romance of the falling in love with the captain who's captaining your your white your slavery ship (laughs) anyway (laughs) this this is all very difficult everybody (laughs) anyway there's something very neat about that there's something very regency about the whole thing in some ways like you're torn between the cat this captain who's an adventurer and the king and all of these men are vying for you. And these are the two, the best of the best men. You know, there was something, I get it. I get it. I mean, I wish it leaned into that more. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't, it didn't. Like if we, it could not, like, I felt like the king was just some other dude. <laughs> like rarely did I feel like there was nothing significant about him. Anyway, it was very annoying. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I didn't like the king as a person i thought he was um selfish and weird Mm -hmm. and honestly made bad choices yep so i'm gonna kill him Mm -hmm. but so marion gron fucking auden reagan reagan killing auden yep and neil um i'm gonna fuck gron it seems like a unique experience and we've learned from ruth that if you tug on his tail a little bit he's really into it yeah i'll just give his tail a little tug um, I'm going to marry Auden because he's the high king of a planet that has so many open trade agreements. So many open trade agreements. So you can get necklaces from all over the galaxy. Like so many necklaces. And I don't I, know what the fuck else was in that market. And I get the sense that my day would just be hanging out with Jason. And like, Jason seemed great. Gotta have babies. Oh, uh, that's what I'll get a nanny for, I guess. Um, and then I'll kill Regan, not because I didn't like him, but like Regan and Auden are like, in a lot of ways, just the same person, except that Regan is not the king. Oh, they were all the same. The, all the Glesserin males were all the same. Yeah. None of them were any different. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So out of all the characters, Claire, who are you going to fuck? Who are you going to marry? Who are you going to kill? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to marry Ruth. Because I really okay. liked her. I thought she was really centered. Okay. I thought she asked good questions. Mm-hmm. I thought she was smart. I mean, she knew when to give up control mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, like she was no, she wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in general, I think like in her element or like once, once she gets going on that planet with Gron, I think they're really going to make a go of it. And I think she is going to be a mm-hmm. little bit more eventually in charge when she knows what's what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked her. And yeah. I could converse with her. Um, and I know about all of her parts. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could make a real good go of it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm going to fuck Gron. Okay. Because I still think like fun. Like he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Respectful of boundaries, but also like hungry and up for it. You know, wants you to be in charge. We'll take charge sometimes. Like that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I don't know, like, I'm just not interested in any of the Glesserins. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. It was, it was a very, like, I don't know, all the same. 
<laughs> and I mean, again, where was the group sex scene in this? Like, is it? It would have been handled very poorly. So I'm glad it poorly. wasn't there. Or I'm not because then we could talk about how poorly handled it was. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No bueno for me. No that's bueno fair. For that's me. fair. Um, I'm going to fuck Ruth. I feel like you know it'd be it'd be. Um. It'd be tender. It'd be intimate. But I could just be like, oh, I like it when you do this. And she'd be like, great. And she'd be on board, I feel. She'd be like, this is what I want. I'd be like, okay, great. It'd be very well communicated. Um, <clears throat> and I'll bring her a latte because I know, I know she's missing it. So I'll just bring her a latte while she's on her little forest planet. I'll be like, here you go. And I'll go home. We'll have a lovely time. Um, I'm going to marry Aaron. One, I am a sucker for the comedic relief character. Always. Always. If if there's a, f- a friend who's a cute guy who's bumbling but really funny, even if he's not intending to be funny, I, I'm sold. He has my heart. So I'm going to marry Aaron, but I'm going to let him hang out in the, in the sex tubes because that's what he wants. And obviously STIs are not a concern on this planet. So he can just go hang out and he gets paid. So he'll bring home the bacon yeah i feel like you just have to be very communicative with him up front like you have to yeah. explain everything to him we're getting married but you can go in sex tubes yeah 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 we're getting married just to like have companionship but like yeah um i'm gonna kill sebastian Ugh, i can't with him that kid i just secondary sounds less important than primary yeah that's what the word means dipshit like i can't and and just uh, like he was given the manual a second time on glasser and, and still he was like, didn't fucking read it and it's not like he had to impress anyone while he was in the dormitory because he knew that he was pulled out of the auction he had nothing but time to read that goddamn book and he just it was too hard and then also, I I read it, the passage where he's like, what about lube? Oh, this is where lube comes from. Oh, yeah, I knew that already. Like, I was offended. I was offended that that happened. Because it's so frustrating. Anyway, what about the books, Claire? Um, <clears throat> I... Um... <laughs> uh, I I just I'm, I was not interested in either of these books. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like there was a lot. Like honestly, I feel like if Planet Glacerus just leaned into the erotica like way more. Yes. Just, like fucking everywhere. Like, like uh, what I wanted <laughs> was that book, the the road. Yes. Yes. A sci-fi version of that. Yes. Yes. I, I wanted that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. And I feel like. Do you know what? Do you know what would have been great? Is if that book had been. Oh, we have to make all these stops on the way to Glesseris. And he was just fucking a bunch of different types of aliens. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. And and like over that time, he falls in love with the captain. When he, And when he gets there, though, the king is like, that's the best one. Obviously, I want it. And then the captain and the king have to fight in an arena for your love mm-hmm. and then you stop them and you're like there's enough for me to go around 
<laughs> and then they have to they all they both have to like have sex with the main character for like your love and you're like no 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 i love you both and they're like well actually after that we also love each other and you it's a you know it like this yeah. is great and it was it, so when they were talking about like oh the primary and secondary mate are not mates with each other it's like oh well because like apparently westerns only mate with humans now but no we saw at the sex club Two two glycerins hooking up. Yeah. So it could happen. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I I don't know. So I think I'm going to kill Planet Glycerus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck Ruth's bonded. If only because like there was a lot I really kind of had fun with. Like character wise, it went in unexpected places. Like they got into it in some ways that was interesting. I I you know. There was reasons why the sex didn't happen till way later, and that was in large part because the author was trying to be really, um, uh, a wise mm-hmm. to like, um, to like comfort issues mm-hmm. and, and like how these two people could actually get together, like actually not just be an erotica, but mm-hmm. actually get together. And so I know, and I appreciate that it was a romance; mm-hmm. it wasn't actually an erotica. I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I feel like this is one of the few books where if it's like, we can't communicate, but there's just something about him and we just want to fuck right away. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Whatever. Yeah, totally. And <clears throat> I think, again, that was another book where I felt like they could have leaned into the erotica a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I still think it was also better written. Um, yeah. And some parts, were, there were, there were a couple good one-liners in there. Yeah, and I kind of and I enjoyed reading some of it a lot. So I wish there was more of Gron. Mm-hmm. I think we we depended too much on Ruth, mm-hmm. and I think the author didn't like let us have more of Gron, and I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. So I am gonna fuck it because I I enjoyed it enough mm-hmm. for what it was, and I think that I was sold a bad bill of goods with Planet Glycerus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Both these books had such potential. Like, I bet reading the back of them, you're like, oh, I know exactly why Neil picked these books and, like, what what Neil wanted from them. I don't want to kill them, but I don't want to fuck them. So I think I'm going to fondle them. Ugh, Neil breaking the rules! But give them a funeral cake from Mystic Springs. Okay. So that they are going to die. <laughs> I, I just didn't kill them. Okay. Sounds good. Does that satisfy? I am satisfied. Okay, great. Um, and listeners, um, <laughs> you can play along with us on our Patreon. We're going to have these Fuck, Mary kills up for you to go on and play. And uh, when we get to our anniversary episode next February, we will tell you all about what different uh, listeners thought. So... Yeah. Yeah. So now is the time that we would say that it's time for our favorite game. Which is normally Christine Guess. But to remind our listeners, we already have the books picked out. Uh, Claire, what are they, please? Oh, we are going to be reading Maurice by E.M. Forrester and Jane Austen by by Persuasion. Jesus! We're going to be reading Persuasion by Jane Austen. It's just, it's because it's, it's, it's weird. It's switched? This. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we're going to be reading Persuasion by Jane Austen. And 
Maurice by Ian Forrester. Like, we're going, we're hitting the classics, folks. We're hitting the classics. Mm-hmm. And we did announce those early, just in case you are reading along with us. If you are, let us know. I assume nobody is, but if you are, let me know. And you're my new best friend. Um, but in case you are reading along with us, we did announce those early because they are heftier books. Yeah, I mean, they're a little tougher reads. So Yeah, so we wanted to give everyone time to do that. But we figured because we don't have a Christine guest for today that we have a fun new segment called Christine's Wish List. Hey, Christine, Hi, Christine. wishes. Hi. <laughs> Christine wishes. Hello. So we thought that it would be great for Christine to tell us a few themes that she wants us to pick. For the future, just, 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 because your guesses are in Christine guess are always amazing <laughs> and like oddly specific and interesting, and I just would love to hear what what you hope we can accomplish in this year. Okay, so some of these are admittedly unrealistic. However, you all have like dazzled me with some of your subject matter over the years so perhaps these exist out there and it's more than just a couple so let me just let me just start reading them and uh okay yeah so um speakeasies you know a period piece and a speakeasy all secretive i love it um amnesia as the subject oh right um yeah i will always go for ghosts i know we've done it i know the first round was disappointing as was the haunted house but yeah i i just want to put it out there again i'm always open to ghosts in in life well, I, I think we're gonna find some and- <laughs> we're gonna find some good ghost ones yeah, 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 yeah. um <laughs> other ideas paris um Mm-hmm. DJs. I would love to hear that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, explorers. Like old-timey Ooh. explorers. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lottery winners. Lottery oh. winners? Lottery winners. <gasps> <laughs> Exorcisms. I'm just saying. <laughs> Which... Is similar to ghosts. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be getting into pre- uh, kinky priest stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And or demon sex. That's where I was headed <gasps> with it. Because I, I was going to put, I had originally put Satan. And then I was like, no, like exorcisms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like the question. Satan? Satan? <laughs> um, I Get behind hope- me, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there is an erotica book out there where somebody has sex with a priest and a demon at the same time. There's got to be. There's got to be. one. That's the one. That's it. <laughs> 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 I went to Catholic school. Um, <laughs> there's, there's some stuff I don't really want to explore too deeply in there, but... <laughs> um, gamblers oh mm. okay florists mm. yeah. uh optometrists <laughs> he could help other people see but could he see 
the love standing in front of him. I don't know. <laughs> uh, department stores. Mm. Different mm-hmm, levels. Mm-hmm. Secretive. I don't know. Crossing, crossing barriers and departments. I don't know. Um, and the circus. Uh, we haven't done the circus yet. We haven't done the circus. I wish neither of us had read the night circus so that we could pick it for an episode Ooh, and just read it again. I've never read the night circus. Because that's such a good book. Yeah, but there's other circus ones out there. That's very true. These are all good. These are all very good. <laughs> well, thank you, Christine. Um, I think uh, that brings us to our end. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank Christine. You. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. And thank you so much, listeners. Yeah, without you, we couldn't do this. Well, I mean, we could do this, but it'd be way more boring. <laughs> without you, it would just be us recording our thoughts for no reason. Oh, man, what a find that would be. <laughs> <laughs> In the future, someone just finds all these tapes of three people talking about romance. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. If you love listening to us, please tell your friends. Please rate, review, subscribe. Please consider donating to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash FMKLitPod. We have all kinds of goodies for you over there, and we want to share them with you. But you got to pay for it. And I guess that only leaves us with if you can do so safely. Consensually. Um, with the partner of your choice. In a sex tube. <laughs> On an icy planet somewhere far away. Keep, Keep fucking, fucking.